0: They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua. Saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. This is Face to Face with Success. I'm Charlotte Kilbane. Usually we focus on an individual who's achieved great things for themselves, but this time we're doing something different. Mark Solms is a psychoanalyst and a professor in neuropsychology. He's successful in his field, respected and fated. But we're not here to talk about his day job. You see, Mark, together with the workforce on his wine farm, Solms Delta, have tackled one of the most contentious issues that faces us in South Africa at the moment, the question of land reform. Mark left South Africa during the apartheid era. And when democracy came to town, he came back too. He wanted to build something to make a difference and the land he had inherited seemed as good a place to start as any.
1: There I was, a beneficiary of apartheid and everything that came with it. I felt I owed a debt to South Africa so I wanted to come back, contribute in some small citizen-sized way. But also, you know, I love South Africa. I wanted to be here. I came back took over at the Delta farm, very mindful of the fact that I was taking on the sins of my fathers and that I was taking on a, a very particular sort of legacy because, not to put too fine a point in it, the trouble began with the taking of those farms. You know, Delta was established in 1690 as a farm. That's less than 40 years after the colony was established. So it was one of the historic land grabs of that time and you know so I was keen on coming back taking on that legacy and trying to transform it that was the idea that whatever contributions I can make um, in the public health service I would do and and in the education and training people in my field but the thing that really excited me was the prospect of taking on an historic Cape farm and trying to to align it with the vision that we then had of our new South Africa.
0: He wasn't entirely sure how to effect change on the farm, so he started by trying to engage the farm workers.
1: They were, I think, scared. I think they were suspicious. I think they were dumbfounded. They just wanted to get the hell out of my house. <laughs> so I would ask direct questions, you know, and the, the response would be looking at the floor, you know, glancing nervously at each other. I then had to make some reforms of my own bat. And they weren't very difficult to identify, the sorts of things. As I renovated my house, so I renovated the workers' accommodation, which was, I must say, appalling. Not that Solms Delta was any worse. That's how, I Mid mean, farm workers live in dreadful conditions. They really do, still today. So I renovated their accommodations. I introduced proper employment contracts, that sort of thing. And uh, the response of the farm workers, once they realized I meant it, you know, I really am not like my predecessors, Was their response was not what I would have predicted at all. The response was, I think, to put words into their mouths, you know, this guy's an idiot. He's a fool. He doesn't know how things work. What had happened was the weight of the history of that farm. For 300 and something years, we have not been on the same side. Somebody's exploiting somebody. So it sprang back into that shape. That's the shape of a South African farm.
0: Faced with the failure of his grand plan to improve lives and create the perfect utopian farm, Mark reverted to type. He applied a clinical line of reasoning. I
1: know nothing about farming, but I do know about medicine and about pathology. You know, when somebody presents themselves uh, in my consulting room with a symptom, then what I do, what anyone any clinician will do is take a history, that's what you do you ask how, when uh, the symptoms first appeared, what the context was how they developed, and what, what happened immediately before and so on so I had this idea that that's what we need to do, we need to take a history in order to reach a diagnosis as to what was the matter, because clearly there was something very sick about, with the best of intentions in the world Within a matter of months, we were at loggerheads. You know, there's something wrong with our relationship and we need to understand how this came to pass. So we stopped farming. I brought in professional help, not in the form of doctors, but in the form of archaeologists and historians. And I said that they should guide us in taking a history of Delta. Digging the place up is literally what we did. Under the supervision of the archaeologists, uh, we excavated literally, the history of that place.
0: The team of historians and archaeologists did their work, uncovering historical treasures, including evidence of a Bushman settlement dating back 6,000 years.
1: The establishment of Delta, like all of those farms, was an absolute catastrophe for the indigenous population. It was the end of their economy. It was the end of their lives in many cases. Then after the um, grabbing of the land, then came slavery somebody had to work the land and so we brought when I say we I mean my predecessors people like me of that time the landowners brought slaves in vast numbers from the east mainly the east but also from the east coast of Africa and then after slavery nearly 200 years of it then we had apartheid so these three crimes against humanity were all perpetrated on my farm Uh, my house was built by slaves And um, the people who come with the farm, the people who i had wanted to discuss how might we transform it, they are there deposited by that history. The diagnosis I was looking for was plain to see that the problem was the ownership of those assets, the taking of that land and the building of wealth on the back of slavery and so on. All of those ill-gotten gains had to be reversed. If you really want to put it right... You've got to give the land back. Now that we had been through together collectively, the people on the farm, under the guidance of these historians and archaeologists, we had faced what had happened there. It was clear to all of us, you know, that this is not right. It's not right that people like me get to keep the spoils of that history. So it's a great leveller facing the historical facts. So that I no longer felt like I was this good guy who was out of the you know Generous spirit of his pure white heart, you know, was wanting to transform his farm and make a contribution to the transformation of South Africa. Rather, I was culpable. You know, I owed something. There was a great big debt that had to be repaid. And, and this is the essence of it, you know, and I wasn't so sure that I wanted to pay it. Because when you face the stark fact that these are ill gotten gains and must be returned, you find all sorts of excuses as to why you don't have to do it.
0: You might have gathered by now that there's very little pretense when it comes to Mark Solms. When he met with the farm workers to discuss what to do next, they had a very honest discussion.
1: The solution we came to was that I keep my land, but I use it as collateral so that the farm workers can take on a bank loan. So no bank would lend money to poor people, but if the debt is secured, they will. And um, they were willing to lend roughly 50% of the value of the land. I persuaded a neighbor of mine, a very good man named Richard Astor, an Englishman, the farm next door to me, uh, he put his farm up uh, as security for this loan and so did I. 50% plus 50% makes 100%. And with that loan, the farm workers were able to acquire the land adjacent to us, which was a farm every bit as big and beautiful and historic as our two farms. And then we had to ensure that that farm succeeded. You know, there's this notion called skills transfer. And this was a very realistic basis for skills transfer. You know, we had to make sure that that farm succeeded agriculturally and financially because otherwise we would lose ours. And so on that basis, we formed a partnership whereby... Each of us would lease our farms to a company that farmed all three of them collectively, and we would each have a one-third stake in that company.
0: It was a creative solution, one that addressed the ethics of a very painful issue, but also proved to be a pretty decent business model. And it wasn't long before the government took note.
1: It is completely unsustainable that we keep the spoils. It's completely unsustainable, for example, in the wine industry, that 98% of the land belongs to whites. I mean, how can you have in a democracy a setup whereby the perpetrators of apartheid get to keep the the spoils? Why would you vote for a party that has a policy like that? You know, there is just no doubt whatsoever. If you look at these facts, and I'm speaking of unwelcome facts, you look at these facts, it is just as plain as can be that this is going to end badly you know unless we do something about it so my advice is practical advice you know my advice is we need to face the facts especially the unwelcome emotionally distressing facts so that we can take account of them then you get your mind back you know that's what happened on Psalms delta the the solution we came to is not brain science you know it's uh, pretty simple and why are we the first ones to think of that you know it's because we're the first ones to think about the actual facts You know, if you do have all the facts at your disposal, then you're best placed to find a solution.
0: You've been listening to Face to Face with Success with me, Charlotte Kilbane. Join us next time for more stories of South African success. They're prominent. They're successful. And some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on Face to Face with Success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua. Saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. Find more real success stories at thesolutionslab.co.za.